welcome to Lighthouse Podcast. Here's a final sermon in our next series. Enjoy. Good morning. We are, this is the last week of Nest. This is it. It's over today. It's the last one. Uh, so thank you. I know you, you missed a couple of them, Craig. So I just want to say thank you everyone for being here for the conclusion, the finale of Nest Sermon Series. And if you're listening online, I am so glad you're making it. Also, this was a really fun series. This was really unique looking at the, the nest in relationship to the life of a believer. Um, it, it really represents the church, if you will. The, the church is just, you know, uh, wood and insulation and drywall. It, it, it represents the, the nest, if you will. The life within the nest and the life within the church is really what matters. That's what it's all about. So today... We're looking at the nest in regards to the birds have left the nest and now they are soaring. This is it, the conclusion. We're picking up a story in regards to David passing the baton of seeing the the temple of the Lord being built. He's unable to build it, so he passes it off to his son, Solomon. And that's what we're, we're looking at today. So it looks... Look at 1 Chronicles 22, 1 through 4 with me. Then David said, the house of the Lord God is to be here, and also the altar of burnt offering for Israel. So just to get some context, David's walking around, and he sees an empty dirt field, and he can see the temple of the God just in his mind clearly. It's going to be built here. The sacrifice offer is, altar is here. This is here. He he's, can see it. Have you ever had a vision that's just so clear? You, you can see it, and sometimes the only reason other people can't see it is just you can't explain it just, just as well. Like, you can see it so vividly. That's, that's David's mind right now. Verse 2, so David gave orders to assemble the foreigners residing in Israel, and from among them he appointed stone cutters to prepare dressed stone for building the house of God. He provided a large amount of iron to make nails for the doors of the gateways and for the fittings and more bronze than could be weighed. That's a whole lot of bronze. He also provided more cedar logs than could be counted. For the Sidians and the Tyrans had brought large numbers of them to David. See, he's at the point where he's so excited, he's so amped up on vision, he just starts going after it. He hasn't really planned for it. He hasn't really prepared for it. He's just saying, Hey, everyone, I got a vision. Let's do it. And everyone's like, all right. And they just start throwing stuff at this vision. And he, he, it's interesting. Vision all of a sudden starts inspiring and starts moving and starts getting people to go after what God has been calling them to do. So when you're soaring, when you leave the nest, number one, you gain vision. You gain vision. In the research, uh, about about birds i found out that they have some of the most insane vision they, they can be soaring up with the clouds and see field mice scurrying about and they could dive down attack and eat it they have this vision that's just uncanny but what's interesting about the birds is when they're first hatched they're completely blind they have no vision they have nothing. They, they have to rely on everyone else having vision around them. They have to rely on the parents to have vision to catch the field mice and to capture it, bring it back, and feed them. It's the same as a, as a new believer. We might not have the vision from God yet, 
But as soon as we start living out and we start getting discipled and we start reading our Bible, God will start speaking vision of our next season to us. We start understanding what we're supposed to be doing on this planet. We gain vision. So how do we know really if it's our vision or God's vision? I think that's a valid question. Have you ever wondered like, oh, is this, is this from God or is this from me because I like this? You know, I think, I think that's, that's really like, we, we need to know that sometimes, pretty much all the time. So gain vision. Here's some check markers that were found in the scripture with David to know if it's vision that's from God or from just us. A, it includes growth in yourself. If your vision causes you and forces you to need to grow, it's from God. If a vision that you have for yourself that causes you to withdrawal and be isolated and excluded and to do nothing at all and cause no growth, it might just be something you really want to do. It might not be from God calls us and he draws us up. Uh, every story in the Bible is about growth and, and drawing out and, and developing and expanding. And, and it's this growth infused, lost for words, but <laughs> it's, it's so much growth around it. Your vision will stretch you and grow you. It forces you to get more discipleship and more mentorship to even get close to accomplishing your vision. It's really interesting. David started gathering and calling on others before he even had a plan. I think this is, this is pretty unique because up to this point, David was able to accomplish a lot of things on his own. Like when he fought Goliath and the, the king was like, oh, take my armor. And he's like, nah, I don't need it. It doesn't really fit me very well. Well, take my sword at least. Ah, I don't really need it. I can use my own. It was about him. All the, he, he, he could accomplish what he had. He could do the things that he needed to do. But this vision required him to grow because God said, gave him the vision for it, and then later said, but you can't do it. Your son has to do it. And he's like, ah. So you're telling me I have to grow in trusting someone else to do? Ugh. This was, this was a growth point in David's life because he had to rely on others to accomplish the vision. He trusted God on a deeper level. When you gain vision, B, it also includes growth in others. When God speaks to us and gives us vision, it not only causes us to grow, but it causes those around us to grow too. Because God's not just satisfied that you're the only person on the planet that grows. <laughs> he, he loves all of us so much. And he's like, if I give you a vision, it's not just for you, but it's for everyone else around you. I want you to grow, but I also want others around you to grow too. C, it includes growth in the kingdom. Your vision outside of the nest will grow you grow your loved ones but it also grows the kingdom if it causes the kingdom of god to shrink or diminish it might not be a vision from god because god what did what did jesus always say 
he's always talked about bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. He's like, I'm, I'm all about the kingdom of God. I'm all about the kingdom of God. Why, would, why on this planet would he die on the cross and raise again for us to shrink the kingdom of God? Our visions include growth in the kingdom. An illustration of this verse, it says that the house of the Lord, going back to the scripture, the house of the Lord God is to be here, and also the altar of burnt offerings for Israel. So David gave orders to assemble the foreigners residing in Israel. This represents people that are foreign to the way of life that King David had. They were from other other uh, religions and organizations. They were from other things, and they didn't know God yet. And all of a sudden, God's calling them to start building the kingdom, and inadvertently, they gain a new way to sacrifice to God. He's growing the kingdom. Your vision will always go beyond you and your loved ones. The second thing that the birds gain when they go outside the nest is they gain mission. They gain mission. The birds have shifted from waiting on everything to pursuing everything. They, they hunt, and now they nest for their future generations. See, vision is what God shows us, but mission is what you do from what you see. See, vision is all about, oh, I see this, I see this, and I see this, and it's, it's great. That's awesome, but that's a starting point. Like, we all want vision, but without a mission, meaning to go forward and actually accomplish the vision, we're just seeing a great video. Like, have you ever seen a movie that inspires you just so much? Like, it, it just shakes you. Like, have you ever been in a theater and, like, you laugh, you cry, then you ugly cry, then you laugh again, and you're inspired by it? Like, we, we've all uh, felt something in a movie. But the question is, when you leave that movie theater, do you forget all about it, or do you do something different than when you see that movie? I, I, I remember seeing uh, several movies where I walk in, and I feel like it, it presses on my heart to start doing something about it. I feel compelled to start helping others based on a movie or something. It touched my heart. And that's the difference between vision and mission. Vision is watching the movie, but mission is what you do after it. It's the physical items. First Chronicles 22, 5 through 6 says, David said, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence and fame and splendor in the sight of all the nations. Therefore, I will make preparations for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death. Then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. You know, it's kind of awkward when all of a sudden he realizes, he's like, I am going to give the most important task of my entire life that God has said I can't do and place it on my son, who's very inexperienced. Like, that, that gave a little bit of panic to David. Like, you know it did. He's like, <gasps> Don't mess this up, son. <laughs> like, this is all I care about doing. This is, this is everything I've been building for. And God said, I can't do it myself. I think that's, that's why a lot of missions fail. It's because God, when he calls us to do a mission, 
It involves other people. And we're not willing to trust other people with what we deem as the most important thing in our lives. That's, that's hard. That is really hard to do. If you have a child, how much do you trust other people as much as you trust yourself with your child? Right? And vision is like that to a lot of people. Vision is like a child from God saying, this is so important, and I've worked my entire life for this, and it doesn't click over to mission because we're unwilling to have trust in our lives. So gaining mission, gaining mission, clicking over from vision to mission, it takes three things found in the scripture. A, you have to see the scope. See the scope. You have to understand what the fullness of the vision actually is, or else you will be sadly disappointed when you start off and you realize you have made too many mistakes along the way, and it's not going to get accomplished. Understanding the scope is huge in businesses and <laughs> vision. You need to understand what it is that you're doing. You have to grasp it. See the scope. David saw the temple of the Lord as this grand thing, right? They, he started collecting so many wood planks, more than they could count, more brass than they could weigh, and more nails than you know, anyone's ever seen, and he, it, it's overwhelming. There, it's not possible to count it. And God says, oh, your son's going to build it. And all of a sudden, David goes, oh. And he sees the limitations of his son because he's so young. He's never done anything like this before. He's a prince. And, and we know princes, I mean, they have a lot of work that they have to do. They have a lot of struggle in their life. <laughs> so David realized he had made a lot of mistakes with Solomon, being that he hadn't been training him at all up to this point. And now God says, by the way, I want your son to accomplish this task. And David goes, uh-oh. It says he, he prepared for the growth of the temple till he died. Meaning, he realized how much he needed to hand over to his son for this to be built. And sometimes when we have vision, if we don't see the scope, we've already began to fail. The scope, the scope. What is the scope of your vision? What, what are the pain points? What are the tension points? What are the things that you're lacking in right now for it to be accomplished? Your vision, your vision might be to raise a godly child. And there's nothing, that's awesome. But what is the scope of getting your child from where they're at now to where they're at when they're 45 years old? What's the scope? What needs to happen to get from A to B? What is that? What, what is a vision that God has placed in your heart that's just that, the weighing on you of, I just want to accomplish this in my life? Scope is saying, okay, it's more than just a dream at the end of the tunnel with a little light. It's saying, I'm looking at this and saying, this is where I want it to be at. Now let's work backwards and start figuring out the pain points and the missing information. See the scope. David saw the scope of his son and all the inadequacies and everything he lacked and said, I can alleviate all the pain points by calling on all my friends who like me to get all the materials sitting in a giant lumber yard. And he's like, check. He doesn't need to go call on friends because he doesn't have any yet. <laughs> then he goes, it's a true story. 
Then he goes, I am going to write up the exact blueprints for the temple so he doesn't have to dream up this thing that's in my own head. Then he hires architects. And he's like, Solomon, all you have to do now is just show up. He, he saw the scope. And then B, when we gain mission, when we click over from vision to mission, we need to prepare in parallel. Prepare in parallel. If, if you've taken a math class, you know that parallel means that there, it's two lines going perfectly straight and they never intersect, right? They, they just go perfectly aligned. What I mean by prepare in parallel is you're preparing as God is preparing. That you are preparing at the same time together. As, as you are growing and you are getting ready and the vision is turning over to mission, you are preparing, you are growing, you are gathering, you are defining your scope and going after, God is doing the same thing saying, I am strengthening you. I'm giving you peace. I'm giving you joy. I'm giving you comfort. I'm, I, am, I am stretching you farther than you've ever been stretched before. And I'm making sure that when you're ready to launch this vision and turn it over to mission, everything's ready. See, when we, when we prepare, it's not that we're all alone trying to get something prepared. It's that God is working on it with us at the same time, covering all the bases we're not seeing. And he's going after it too. Are you preparing because God already is? And see, <laughs> simply start. Just start. When we have a vision, don't, don't, don't be that person that's sitting there telling, you know, great-great-grandchildren or great-great-nephews or great-great-nieces, you know, I had this awesome dream. I never really did it, but it, here it is. Don't be that person, Okay? Don't be them. The, the, the best part about clicking over the vision to mission is just saying, well, I got to start somewhere. May as well start here. And I'm going to believe in God. He's going to show up and help me finish this. Simply start. We can see that in verse 6 when he says, after David had started collecting resources and doing all these different things and all the preparations, then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. I don't know how that conversation went. We don't have it recorded. But as a dad to a son, it probably went something like this. All right, I got, I got a job for you. It's going to take your whole life. It's my entire vision. It's everything I live for. And you know Solomon going, I, th I, th I thought I was just going to have parties my whole life and be rich. What do, you, what do you mean I gotta do something? You know, and they probably had a heart to heart, and it's probably really embarrassing on Solomon's side. That's probably why it's not there. At some point, you need to start. You need to start. Whether the vision involves you or someone else that you're handing it off to, you need to start. You need to start it. I heard a story once, and it said, because um, this person, he was going off on the greatest collection of all the works, inventions, beauty, idea, everything. The greatest, it's greater than the Louvre, more art than, than the world can ever contain is actually in the graveyard. 
It's all the ideas and thoughts and dreams that people had that they never actually started on. It's the most exquisite collection of the universe's best works of art and buildings and visions is housed in the graveyard because they didn't start. Don't, don't be the person that doesn't start on what God is calling you to do. Don't, don't be that person. The last thing that a bird gains when they, they leave the nest, when they're soaring, is you would think it's independence, right? You, you, my, my first initial thought was, oh, a bird leaves the nest, and then they gain independence. They gain this freedom of flight, and I realize that's not true at all. They gain dependence. They have to depend on the wind the air, the, 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 the critters that will crawl around for them to find food. They have to depend on finding a mate. They have to depend on all these other factors that will come about. There's a dependence that's gained. It's a really interesting with a bird, and it's so true with a believer in regards to vision and mission. We have to have a dependence on several items. It's found in 1 Chronicles 22, 17 through 19. It says, Then David ordered all the leaders of Israel to help his son Solomon. <laughs> Can you imagine? I don't know how many people are considered leaders in all of Israel, but it was a lot. Can you imagine that conversation? Just everyone showing up in front of this king and saying, Listen, I'm going to die someday and you are going to help my son. That, was a, that would be a crazy day. He said to them, Is not the Lord your God with you? And he has not granted you rest on every side? For he has given the inhabitants of the land into my hands, and the land is subject to the Lord and to his people. Now devote your heart and soul to keeping the Lord your God. Begin to build the sanctuary of the Lord God so that you may bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and the sacred articles belonging to God into the temple, and that will be built for the name of the Lord. We gain dependence when we step out into mission. We step out saying, God, you know what? I'm going to accomplish what you've been speaking to me about. We have to depend on God so much. We have to depend on so many different things for it even to happen. A, we have to gain this dependence and trust in people. I promise you, your vision will not work unless you gain a trust in people. You need to trust people around you. You need to trust when you, if your vision is to raise your kids to be godly uh, men and women someday, you need to be able to trust in your kid that they will grow up and not depart from what you've placed in them. God will never give us vision that does not include people. We are not islands to ourselves. Our vision will always include people. I, I promise you. There is no story in the Bible about a person becoming an island to themselves. And the people that did end up on an island was because they were running from God. And God goes, okay, 
I'll make it so miserable that you go back to people. We gain dependence. B, trust in God. <clears throat> trust in God. This is easy to say, but harder to believe. Trust in God. This is, this is the attitude. This is the climate of this, of this story, if you will, the context. David is telling all the leaders of Israel, listen, I need you to put your entire focus on building the temple of our God. And you know what's in everyone's mind right there? There's, it's, it's out of, you, you might not catch it. Every single leader is sitting there is a war leader. Up to this point, they are constantly attacked and berated by enemies. People come into their lands and start killing off their families, start raiding their houses. This is what's happening. That's why he addresses it. And says, God has granted us peace over this land. And they're like, um, when does that start? Because they were attacking yesterday. And David says, no, we need to trust in God and shift from our full focus and being distracted by the enemy and onto the mission that God has placed on our hearts. See, that's, that's, still valid today. Are we focused on what the enemy's doing to us, or are we focusing on the mission that God has placed over us? If we can shift our thinking away from the enemy and the distraction and onto what we're called to do, all of a sudden we start moving forward in life. Don't get stuck. Don't be stuck. And David's trying to convince all the leaders at once, which is usually a one-on-one -on -one conversation that you want to have with someone. But he's like, listen, I ain't got time for this. I got to prepare till I die, and you just need to get on board. Trust in God. Are you willing to trust in God when you hear bad news from the doctor, when you hear bad news from your work? Are you willing to trust that God still is watching over you? Are you willing to trust in God? And the last one pulled from the scripture, trust in yourself. Do you know how to trust in yourself? Do you know how to trust that, that God didn't make a mistake over your life? Do you know how to trust in God? Saying, I trust that God built me the way he built me, and I trust God that I can do what I need to do because he is watching over me. God doesn't make mistakes. He's planned you from the beginning of time. And that blows my mind because how many billions of people have walked this planet, and he had all of us in his mind at once while making the creation of the universe? That's wild to think. Trust in yourself. I think sometimes trusting yourself can be the hardest one. Trust in yourself. My favorite verse at the, out of the whole King Solomon and King David section in regards to the the, uh, the temple being built, it's this. 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 51. When all the work King Solomon had done for the temple Lord was finished, he brought in the things his father David had dedicated. That's my favorite part. Because he, he ties it up. Da David's dead. And he says, 
I, I, I finished I finished what I started. I trusted in God. And my dad had put charge over me, and I did it. The, the very first thing he did after building the temple of the Lord was to bring in everything his dad says, I am dedicating this. This is the most important thing to me when this temple gets built. Can you carry this in? And King Solomon, it's wild because King Solomon is the, the richest, the most known. He, he knew everybody. He married, married the Pharaoh's daughter. He's, he's the man. And he said, you know what? I'm going to personally carry in and do labor for what my dad had called me to do. The finishing step. He grabs the things his father had given him, carries into the, to the temple and says, this is it. I'm done, Dad. We need to always remember when, we, when God speaks to us about doing something, that we don't just have it as a vision in our mind of, yeah, that would be nice someday. But we're saying, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to accomplish this. And have a finish line in our mind. I guarantee you Solomon probably thought about giving up millions of times along the way. This wasn't like a one-month build project, okay? Construction back then is same as construction nowadays. It's still going to take a long time. And so, King Solomon, I really believe the thing that got him through everything was the finish line. And the finish line in his mind was walking across the threshold with the stuff from his dad. The thing that will get you to the finish line of your vision is what are you going to do the moment your vision is done? Keep that in your mind. What, what is your vision? What are you working on? And then what's your finish line? Because your finish line will drive you to cross that finish line. Some of the most famous Olympians and runners say they visualize running across the finish line as they're going the whole race. It's a long race, it's a fast race, it's all the above, and they're, they're visualizing themselves passing through the whole time. We need to keep that in mind. Keep the finish line in our mind. Let's pray. Lord, as we're entering such a unique and special season, we're launching the vision that you placed over this church. We're turning it from vision into mission. And we pray for a special anointing and blessing, God, as we trust in you, trust in ourselves, and trust in others around us. But I pray that that same mental process, turning it over to physically what we're doing, would echo through everyone in our church, God. Lost dreams would be rekindled. Vision would start springing up. And we would have the audacity to turn that vision into mission. God, we don't want to just be thinkers. We want to be doers. We want to live by faith and accomplish the vision you have for us. Lord, give us almost sear in our mind what the finish line of our vision looks like so that we will not grow, grow weary, we will not lose hope, and we will not lose faith, but we will run after it, the race you've given us, God. In your mighty name, amen. I want to call up. Thanks for joining us today. 
For more on Lighthouse or giving, visit lighthouse805.com.